Good morning, everybody. This is Genevia. And this is Jennifer. And you are tuned into Soap Talk, where candid conversations cleanse the mind, heal the heart, and encourage the spirit. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Soap Talk. And without further ado, let's jump into the interview. So I, I had a, um, as I, as you were talking, I was having some uh, questions pop up in my mind, but <clears throat> do you feel, and this, I know this is just based upon opinion, but do you feel that uh, it can get to a point of negligence or nonchalantness if we just, you know, just throw everything to the wind or throw caution to the wind? Because I'm, I guess I could, I could say I'm playing devil's advocate at this point. You know, it, when it says let go and let God completely surrender, some people may question, you know, well, you know, I, I should not care or should not put forth some type of effort or shouldn't I, you know, do, you know, do something. And, and I've heard a lot of other people say, you know, because faith without works is dead. You know, where, where can I strike that balance to where I am completely removing myself, but I'm still trying yeah. to be actively, you know, moving the way God needs me to move. Right, right. Does that so make like any if, sense? Yes. No, absolutely. Okay. I guess. okay. Because, because all throughout Christian history, there's been this, this battle, if you will, mm-hmm. between faith and works. Okay. And so, you know, if, if you study Christian, Christian history, at one point, um, the Catholic Church seemingly uh, dominated the, the the airways, if you will, mm-hmm. and they believed they were a very work-based people. They believed what you do, okay, is everything, okay. They, they were they were all about what one can do, and so mm-hmm. and they went so far with that. Obviously, they begin to add they begin to uh, add some works that were not in the Bible, yeah, um, like certain <laughs> prayers and and beads and indulgences and such. Mm-hmm. It got ridiculous. So the opposite point of view came along, where basically people believe what you thought about is more important. The faith idea, faith and work. So you had Martin Luther who came along and he said, no, I'm against this concept. And so he began the Protestant movement. And so the Protestant movement and the Catholic movement are two sides. One is about what I can do, what I can do. One's about what I think about and, and faith and this conflict of both sides. And, and one side is almost like, and, and, and the fatal flaw of both sides, one of, one of you described, a work-based person gone too far thinks that I'm everything, right? Mm-hmm. I got to put things down. Um, I, God, you need, God, you need me, okay, to do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do this. That's the false side of the, of the work race. But the faith extreme is what you mentioned. Like, it's all God. I'm just going to sit back and, and let the Lord do his thing because yeah. he's going to do his thing. I don't got to do anything. Yeah. But biblically speaking, neither side is is perfect. And biblically speaking, it's a mixture of both sides together, faith and works. The Bible does say faith without works is dead. So that is in the word of God. But I think we have to remember the Bible also says, maybe not in that exact phrase, but the Bible also says works without love um, is dead. <laughs> okay. Um, if you go to 1 Corinthians 13, this is where I get that from. 1 Corinthians 13 pretty much says over and over again, works without love is dead. Mm-hmm. And so we got to have both sides that that that, that go together. It, it can't just be, it can't be, it, it can't just be um, one area or the other. It can't just be uh, too mental or too physical. It's a mixture of both having this balance. So again, First Corinthians thirteen, if I can speak all the languages of the earth and of the angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So you see there, this is somebody who is doing that work, but. Mm-hmm didn't have that love, didn't have that, 
visible and the invisible. Uh, verse two, if I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possess all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I can move mountains, works, 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 but didn't love others, have nothing. I would be nothing. If I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. So sure, faith without works is dead. Okay. But works without love is dead. You know, the, the, these things all come together. The Bible will show that both sides have to come together perfectly. So I, 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 I would say uh, finding that balance is, is, is having that together at the same time. You know, yes, it is true that, that um, we should get out of the way of God. But God also wants to use us. You see, he, he, yeah. we are, we, we're not useless. Okay. We are to be used. Uh, Gideon, Gideon learned both sides, right? Mm-hmm. Gideon was like, God, God, God said, Gideon, I'm going to send you to do a mighty work. And Gideon said, okay, I'm going to do it. And so he called us his whole army. But God said, but I still, you're going to do something. But I still want you to know that I'm also part of this. Reduce your forces to 300 people. Okay. So he was reduced to 300. So Gideon was being used, mm-hmm. but it was, heavy, very, it was also very clear God is helping him in that process. So I, both extremes are bad, but the Bible will show over and over again the example that um, it's both at the same time, not going one, 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 one way too far or the other. Um, we need God, but God wants to use it at the same time. Okay. Uh, we shouldn't be lazy in either way. It isn't purely osmosis, but it isn't purely us either. Okay. It goes together. So. Awesome. Thank you for that. I appreciate you. This conversation has been awesome, truly a blessing. And now we're going to go ahead and get into our next question, which is, uh, Brother Teller, can you explain the difference between our initial uh, surrender, which is conversion, and a lifetime of surrender, consecration? Sure. You know, I, I think we in the Church of Christ sometimes uh, we emphasize baptism so much that and it should be okay certainly when it's not emphasized at all but we emphasize it so much we sometimes act as if what we do at that moment never happens again okay you know that mm-hmm. that, that day of our baptism or what we, we, we were enthusiastic we were repentant we confessed we were baptized in the name of Jesus and that day oh that wonderful day when in reality that's just the first day that we do something we do we should be doing every day as christians I, I i think all the things that happen on that day of baptism should be happening over and over again and for, for example our baptism our baptism is simply the first time um that we express and confess our faith right i mean it's not, it's not like we don't you know we don't we should not stop saying jesus christ is lord that <laughs> shouldn't be that shouldn't be the first time or the last time we say it uh, we should say over and over again Christ is Lord. Mm-hmm. We should be confessing our faith in public over and over again. We should be making it clear to other people around us. We should be making it clear to our church and members around us. I'm a Christian over and over again. So that should be happening. Um, secondly, we that's that first day we repent of our sins in a major way, right? We say, Lord, all these sins are now in that water, okay? I, I, I am done. I want to confess and, and give to you all these sins, Lord, that you died on the cross for. When does that stop? Okay. That should be happening over and over again as well. In fact, I, as a Christian, I discovered, because I was baptized at 18 years old. And I'm sorry, but when you're 18 years old, I think we, I think I thought I knew my sinful nature at 18. 
And I knew, I knew at the time, but speaking from a man's point of view, an 18 year old is different than a 30 year old man. Okay. 30, 30 year old men have sins that 18 year old men just can't, can't do. I, I, don't, I don't know how to yes. explain it to you. <laughs> it's I don't know how to explain different. It to you. Yeah. you just did, brother. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how to explain it. But basically when I was 30, I was like, I am more evil than I thought I was. I didn't think I, I was too innocent to be. I, I was an innocent little thing at 18 years old, but at 30 yeah. years old, there were things going on in my mind, body, and soul that I was not capable of at 18 years old. Yeah. I had to re-repent yeah. all over again. So that doesn't stop, okay? So now I'm, I'm 42 years old now. And again, every time I go to a new phase of life, it's like there are things that I had to repent from that felt like when I was 18 years old. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like that changes. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you know? Because it's, it, it, the older you get, I feel like you add layers to your life. You know, yes. you get businesses, you, you know, get married, you have children, or, you know, you go through these different phases mm-hmm. in your marriage. And mm-hmm. and those those bring its own set of problems. So Brand new sense. Set new, brand new things. <laughs> you're like, wait, where did this come from? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and level of exposure, too. You know, what you're exposing yourself at 18 is one thing. What you're exposing yourself to at 30, now we're we're talking. Yeah, I I can totally understand why. I mean, um, at 18, I was baptized in college. College is not real life, okay? I I know it is. we think it is at 18. This is the biggest deal we've ever been to, but it's not real life yet. (laughs) And so once real life hits us, there's more, there's real sins that we can encounter. And so that process of that feeling of, Lord, I'm going to repent to you. That should be happening over and over again as well. Mm-hmm. And then finally, one forgotten aspect of baptism that should be happening over and over again. I love how God made our conversion. We need someone else to be part of it, right? Mm-hmm. It is not baptize ourselves. It is be baptized. Mm-hmm. We need to get baptized by somebody else, okay? Mm-hmm. I, 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 and so I, one can debate whether or not God, I mean, one can debate if they want to, well, can I baptize myself? We can debate that as well. We can debate that one day. But the Bible says, be baptized, right? Mm-hmm. And so we need other people. We need other Christians. Mm-hmm. And we should always, as Christians, recognize my salvation is contingent on other Christians. I, I can't, more and more, I begin to realize that Christianity is not so much about me personally as it is about community. I, I, I know this flies against our very American me, yes. myself, very countercultural, <laughs> very countercultural. But I'm learning more and more that after that initial baptism, it's about everybody, not just about yeah. me anymore. Yeah. What can I do for the body? What can I do in that way? And our Christianity can get so selfish and you know, me, 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 and how can I focus myself on the Lord when I think more and more it's about the body? Mm-hmm. I am dependent upon you. We need each other. That began at baptism. We needed to have someone baptize us. But I believe this process continues all through, all through Christianity. So if you will, you can, I, I view our baptism as a, as a prototype. It, it's the prototype, it's, it is the prototype of our Christianity. It is the first time that we surrender, but it's, it's, it's a mimic. All those things we're feeling on that baptism day, mimic that over and over again. And I, and I find that will be our Christianity. Amen. So. Mm. I, 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 my oldest daughter just turned 18 um, and uh, we didn't do anything big because she's graduating this year as well. So we were going to try to do something big for the graduation party. But one thing I I was reading, you know, reading things, what what have other people done for their children when they turn 18? You know, what's something special, unique? Because I'm always looking for something unique to do with uh, for, for my kids, my husband, my family, anybody really. 
And one thing I read this woman, she said that she took her, her daughter and her mother and her sister and all the special women that were in that woman, that, that girl's life who helped rear her and raise her. And they had like a, um, like a getaway and they prayed over her and they gave her pearls of wisdom. And, you know, they, they told her how life was. And, and they said, also, she said, um, get to know who your grandmother is on a, um, an adult level, you know, get to know this, this thing about life, because that's what life really is, you know, and I try to remind her, even though, because, because she's supposed to be, you know, going into college next year, Lord willing. And I said, even if you do not like in Aaron's case, even if you stay home and go to college, that's okay, because college is, it's, it's a great experience to have, but that is not real life. That Amen. is not yeah. what life is about. You're not yep. going to have people of the same age in the same area <laughs> doing the same. It's just unrealistic. You have yep. all kinds of people. I live in a cul-de-sac. Mm-hmm. We have seven different families in this cul-de-sac. Now, three of them are of the same race. But they're also that we have an older family that's retired. Oh. We have one that have three children. We have another oh. one that's a retired and he can go and move as he, you know, so there's so many different aspects and so many different points of life. Um, but but it, it was very interesting to hear her say that, to have the this community of people watch over her and say, you are not alone. You awesome. We've been through this. If yes. you need some advice. Yes. come to us no matter what it is you don't have to worry about oh this is too embarrassing or oh maybe i shouldn't say this no we're, that's what we're here for and i think that as a body that's what we're supposed to do we come together and as the scripture says the older women to you know help mentor yes. the younger women the older Ooh. men um, mentor the younger men that's that, that's Absolutely. imperative because i'm not in the same place that i can't i don't know what it feels like to be retired but a retired person know what it feels like to be me they yes. they've had kids they Amen. were at home you know so Amen. they can give me some wisdom and say you know what yep. you're doing a little bit too much or you're doing yep. trust me yep. do yep. x y and z it's, it's not because my mom told me that last night she said janavi i think you have too many irons in the fire and i'm like no i'm okay i can do she was like no and so i thought uh, about it last night i said you know what my mama might be right i think it's yeah. like me to eliminate <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. so you know it's just those little pearls of wisdom that are thrown in yep. that i think is very important for us as christians to to um to take heed to yes that concludes another episode of Soap Talk. We want to thank you for joining us today. Please join us tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. as we delve back into the topic. So thank you so much. God bless and we love you. Bye. Bye.